0: Uh, Tonight is uh, the second to the last um, message, lesson in our series about life principles that every believer should practice. And so we've talked about some good things. We've talked about um, uh, all kinds of stuff. My mind's drawing a blank right now, but good stuff. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about uh, putting others first. Um, And then I believe next week, Pastor Joe's going to talk about tying it all together. Uh, summing up everything that we've talked about. But we are going to talk about putting others first tonight. Now, I don't know about you. I was raised in church um, since I was a wee little little boy. Um, And one of the very first things that I remember being taught in church and certainly one of the first scriptures that I remember memorizing was a little something called the golden rule, right? (laughs) Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, Matthew seven twelve, I believe is it. They drilled it into us in Royal Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Royal Rangers is a good program. Um, and so even from a very early age, um, you know, hopefully if, we're, if, we're, if we have been raised in church, uh, hopefully from that early age, we have been taught about, um, it's important how we treat other people. And in fact, how we treat other people has a lot to say about our relationship with Christ. Uh, at least I think it does. I think scripture indicates that to us. The way that we treat other people, the way that we interact with them, the way that we talk with them, uh, the things that we do for them or the things that we don't do for them say a lot about, uh, our relationship with Christ and what Christ is doing in us and in our hearts. And there's all kinds of scriptures to back that up and to talk about it. And so what I've done tonight, just to kind of outline what uh, we're going to do is I've got some scriptures that I'm going to read and, um, We'll talk about because they're they're whole passages, and so I'll read them uh, and then give a little bit of of thought behind the scriptures, Um, and then we'll camp out for a little while in the book of Philippians, um, just kind of where the the main point of this is. And then after that, I'll open it up for some just general discussion if there's things that have uh, hit you, things that you want to talk about, and then I have some actual specific questions that um, we can discuss together. Uh, in thinking about how we put others first. And like I said, there's all kinds of things in Scripture that talk about the way that we treat others. And we will specifically talk tonight about putting others first. Um, That idea comes out in the Philippians passage. But let's take a look at some of these other things. The first one I have is Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter number 22. Uh, If you're writing it down or uh, turning there, I'll give you just a second to turn there if... That's what you're doing. This passage of Scripture is familiar with us. Many of us probably don't even need to turn to it because it's uh, in our memory or mostly in our memory. Uh, This is what people generally call the great commandment uh, or the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, verse number 34. It says this um, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. Uh, This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Uh, This is Jesus giving the greatest commandment, and um, most of you have been around for uh, me discussing the idea of agape love in several different venues here over the last year or two. Um, But just to give you a quick refresher on it, the the word love that's used here uh, says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. That word love is the Greek word agape, and that word is a love that, I'm just going to be honest, we are unfamiliar with in America we are unfamiliar with that concept in our culture because that word is all about um, self-sacrificing, and it's all about giving of ourselves for somebody else. And so we may see that occasionally in some highlights on the news, on the occasion that you see something good on the news. Um, you may see it occasionally played out in uh, relationships between a husband and a wife, although You see it less and less anymore, it seems like. Uh, It's becoming something that's kind of foreign to us in our culture that we would give of ourselves for somebody else because we're all about me, me, me. We're all about what I want to do and the things that make me feel good and the things that make me feel comfortable. And if anything gets in the way of what I want to do, Then we have a problem with that thing, or we have a problem with that person, and that's just kind of where we're at. Um, And and so, I I mean, I say this to to just highlight that again, that this love that Jesus is talking about, I mean, this is Jesus talking, and he's giving what he is calling the greatest commandment. Um, He says, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two things. They are the greatest things. Um, They make sense of everything else, that if you love God with all your heart, and you love your neighbor... Um, that is in Paul's words later in Romans, it's fulfilling the law. So, um, I say all that to, to illustrate kind of the differences of where we're at. And, um, I mean, obviously I can't speak for, for anybody else in this room, but I can speak for me and my experience. And I mean, I feel that tension, uh, sometimes when it comes to loving people and when it comes to the way I treat people, especially if it's, if it's threatening, um, you know, the things that I want or the things that make me feel comfortable. Um, I mean, I feel that, that tension to really love people the way that Jesus loved them and the way that he instructs us to. Uh, and so Jesus, I mean, these are pretty weighty words that Jesus has uh, about the way that we treat others. If we move on to Mark chapter number 10, Mark chapter number 10, we'll see some uh, other words of Jesus that are very good, that illustrate... Um, some of what we're going to talk about here tonight. And if you're flipping or you're writing it down, let me set up the background for this. Um, in the verses immediately preceding this, uh, a couple of Jesus' disciples are having an argument with each other and even pulling Jesus into it, uh, basically about who is the greatest. And who's going to be with Jesus in heaven on the right side and the left side? Um, You know, that's what they're asking, like, you know, can you grant us this? Um, And they're having this argument about who's the greatest. And, um, this is, uh, is Jesus' sort of response. Uh, as you can imagine, two of the disciples are arguing about this. And so, verse 41 says When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so here you have, again, the disciples um, really arguing about who is, who is greatest, um, what is going to await them in the, basically in heaven because they are so great and so wonderful. Um, and Jesus has to, to set them straight here with his teaching. And basically he tells them that um, it's not about having a high position. In fact, Jesus says that they should be slave of all. In other words, they should be servants of all people. They should not think of themselves as being great. Uh, And Jesus kind of lays forth this kingdom mentality that those who are, everything's sort of reversed, right? Those who want to be great have to become low. They have to be servants. They have to put other people above themselves. And it's you know we're done with this uh, this haughty thinking and this thinking that we are so uh, so great and so awesome. Uh, and so Jesus lays it out for us, and he even gives um, his life as an example. You know, for the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Jesus wasn't about. Um, Especially in terms of earthly glory and earthly um, things, jesus wasn 't all about getting everything that he could get while he was here on earth. He was about serving people and he was about showing them and teaching them about the kingdom and uh, and so that even you know has a lot to say about our interactions uh, with other people? Uh, do we think sometimes that that you know, we get kind of prideful about who we are and what we've done and how great we are uh, when really Jesus is saying that we need to be humble and that we need to be servants of all. Uh, I just have a couple more before we get to Philippians. John chapter 13. Um, this is is so wonderfully illustrated for us, hanging on the back wall um, where it says serve sacrificially. There's an illustration there of... Jesus washing, washing the disciples' feet. and uh, This is kind of what Jesus has to say after the act. John 13, verse 12 says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he said, uh, or, uh, he said Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also, also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And so we have another one of those ideas about serving other people. Um, the mere fact that Jesus, the the Son of God, is putting himself down and he's in this position of, of a servant, like the lowliest sort of servant position that they had back in the day of washing somebody's feet. Jesus looks at that and he says, I'm going to do this because I want to show them what it's like and how they need to live, that they should be servants of all people, and again, you're getting that understanding. Hopefully, um, through through the big picture of Scripture, that when it comes to our relationships with other people, and when it comes to putting others first, our relationships aren't about us. They're not about how great we are. They're not about the things that we've done, um, even just the way that we think about ourselves in our place in the world compared to everybody else. Our thinking shouldn't be, how great am I? How awesome am I? Um, our thinking should be toward loving other people and toward serving other people and focused on really the fact that the only reason we have what we have and we are what we are is because God has given us grace uh, and poured out his love and his blessings on us. Uh, and the last one, before, again, before we get to Philippians, where we'll camp out for a little bit, is Romans chapter number 12. Uh, Starting in verse number nine, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. And here's an important phrase, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. Again, we see some some things that indicate how our relationships with each other should be. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so we have, I mean, just a quick uh, look through everything that's here. Be hospitable to people. Share with people that are in need. Honor one another above yourselves. Live at peace with everyone. Don't be evil to people. Lots of good information for how um, our relationships with each other should function. Uh, again, it's not about us. It's not about us getting anything. It's about us serving people. It's about us loving people the way that Jesus loved people. Uh, really, it's about us being an extension of, of Christ, right? And you know what? Sometimes I hear stories about people who are not Christians, who have somebody that is a Christian in their life, um, Maybe that is is just an, like an acquaintance, like somebody that they work with. Um, maybe their kids go to church, and so they're kind of familiar with some of the people that are in the church. Uh, maybe it's just a neighbor. It could be any different situation, but sometimes you'll hear people talk about how they can see Christ um, in somebody. Like even non-Christians, they'll be like, I see that you're different. I see that you act different, that you live different. Um One of the things that they see is the way that we interact with them and the way that we treat them and the way that we interact with each other that 's part of that love of Christ uh coming out in our life and and you know beyond just uh allowing us to have good relationships with each other it It also puts forth the gospel and it puts forth the message of Jesus and the way that we uh live and act. I believe Jesus even says that in the book of John he says. People will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. People will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So, I just wanted to give us kind of a big picture, look at Scripture. Um, And that's not even exhaustive. Those are just some of the ones that uh, came to mind when I was putting this together and thinking about it. Um, Because... We, I think it's important that we know this. I think it's important that we talk about it uh, about how our relationships with each other work, about putting others first, about serving one another, about loving one another. Because I can't speak for how things work in other parts of the world, but this is a problem for the church in America sometimes. We spend so much time fighting with each other and not enough time loving <laughs> each other. And sometimes we can get we can fool ourselves because. We can get good at loving the people that are in our local body in this building and not be so loving and servant-minded about the people that are in churches across town. (laughs) And we can spend so much time fighting with them. So it's important for us to know um, Jesus talked about it a lot. Paul talked about it a lot. It brings unity. It brings us together. Um, And and it's all around just a good thing when we can have uh, relationships that are are. Good and loving, and when we we adopt that mindset of putting other people uh, first, so if you want uh, you can turn with me to Philippians chapter number two, like i said we'll we'll camp out on uh, this passage for a little bit, uh, so you can uh, keep flipping back and referencing. we're talking about. Let me turn there. Philippians chapter number two. And I'm going to start in verse uh, number one. I'm going to read the first four verses, and uh, we'll talk a little bit. It says, therefore, if you, have any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love... If any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. There is so much good stuff in uh, even just these few verses. Um, Let me give you some background on this. Uh, This letter to to the church at Philippi was written by Paul. Uh, It was written while he was in prison, in a Roman prison cell uh, somewhere. And he's awaiting his trial before Caesar. And you can tell if you read through the whole book of Philippians that Paul has um, a, a very strong attachment to the people of the church at Philippi. He was the first one to go to Philippi with the gospel. Um, this is where he and Silas were beaten and thrown in prison for the night. Um, when he, he left Philippi, he continued um, spreading the gospel. Um, and so it was kind of a, a, a place where he stopped on his, his church planting journey and on his sharing journey, and the people were very receptive Um, here at this church. And so we find that uh, as Paul is writing to them, um, you know, Paul has gone out and Paul has suffered. And now that Paul is writing to them, um, the church is beginning to find themselves suffering as well. Okay, so Paul has gone out and he's in jail. I mean, he's suffering for his faith. And the church is beginning to suffer as well. Chapter 1, verses 29 and 30 Uh, Paul says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Okay, so I want us to get a picture of what this church is like to understand the background of what Paul is saying here. Uh, This church is beginning to suffer some persecutions as a result of their faith in Christ and their connection to Paul. And Paul is writing to comfort them and encourage them in their sufferings. Uh, And he's encouraging them to continue to live for Christ and to strive for and maintain unity among themselves. And so, uh, you know, if... Just a quick summary of of chapter one. Um, you know, Paul loves the Philippian church. Uh, he's excited about the things that God is doing there. Um, you know, they're having an impact on the kingdom, and, and they're bringing people to Jesus, and the church is growing. Uh, Paul finds himself imprisoned. And here's the thing. Paul's in prison for his faith. Like, let's... Let's be real about it. Like, I, I had read some commentaries that said that um, the reason Paul was in faith or in jail was because of false charges that were brought against him, like being, you know, civil disobedience and things like that. But everybody knows, even the jailers that are watching Paul know that he is in jail because of his faith. And this is one of the things that Paul suffered, um, amongst the beatings and, and things like that. You know, Paul is in jail because of his faith. Um, and while he is in jail, the kingdom is still continuing to grow, right? The kingdom doesn't stop with Paul. And even as the story of Paul goes on, some people are taking um, the fact that Paul is in jail and they're trying to undermine him and they're trying to discredit him um, while other people are are telling the true story of what's happening. And um, in both cases, the gospel is going forward and people are coming to know Jesus. And uh, so the gospel is spreading throughout the world and all of this is happening. And Paul sort of uh, takes some time to look forward to the future. And, and we have the whole, you know, to live as Christ, to die is gain um, passage in, in the second half of, of chapter one. Um, you know, Paul knowing that, that whatever happens, you know, if he's living, he's living for Christ. He's spreading the gospel. If he dies, he goes to a better place. Um, but he's writing to these Philippians. I mean, this is the place that Paul finds himself in. He's thinking about death. He's thinking about the future that is to come. He's thinking about the sufferings that he's been through. And he's thinking about this church that he loves so much. And they're beginning to go through these sufferings as well um we don't have uh, you know detailed examples of what that suffering was uh for them um I mean, we can assume a few things um here and there from from scripture and from commentators but um this is the place that they find themselves in this church is beginning to suffer they're living in a world that is hostile to christianity and they're beginning to to go through some very difficult times. And I say all of this uh, tonight, and I felt it was important to cover this background because I want us to catch what I would say is a a critical truth about this passage in Philippians chapter 2. It's a critical truth about humility and service and about putting others first, is that we don't just do it when life is good and awesome and when it's convenient for us. Paul is instructing this church in the midst of their sufferings and difficult times and what is sure to be many difficult times ahead to continue to love one another and to continue to be, um, some of the words he uses, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. That uh, that idea of being in full accord or some translations say... Um, something along the lines of the soul being in in the same soul um really the idea behind that is that you are are so connected to somebody else you're so connected with each other that everything you do is almost like you're just like like you're there like you have the same heart you really do have the same mind um you, you're you thinking the same. You're making decisions along the same lines. God is speaking to you and you're moving forward in the things that God is speaking because he's speaking it to everybody. Um, that's what this being in in full mind of the same mind and full accord means. And Paul's writing to them and he's saying, you guys can't just do this when life is good and convenient, um, God had been moving and doing awesome things in, in the church at Philippi. Um, Paul remarks in, in chapter 1 about um, how they he's sure that they have been growing spiritually. And yet here we find in chapter 2, you know, they're beginning to suffer. And he's saying, you need to continue in these things. Because it may not be convenient, and life may be a pain, um, and it may be painful, but we need to continue in these sorts of things, in loving each other, and being of the same mind, um, being in one accord with each other. And he says in verse, in verse 3 and verse 4 some really good things. Um, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Um, those, those are some good words for us to note. Uh, do nothing from rivalry. Don't do anything in challenge to other people you're all God's people you're all the same like don't challenge each other don't get jealous of one another um, don't hate one another but count other people as more significant than yourself that brings in back to the back to that whole agape love thing that self-sacrificing love that you give of yourself for somebody else that you give of your comfort that you give sometimes of your uh, desires, that you give of your plans, that you give of your time. Um, and so obviously we have to balance this. We have to be smart about this. Um, you know, we can't just, uh, I mean, we're all church people here tonight. We're all in church enough. And um, sometimes you know how it goes that like it just everybody wants you to do something here or there or there. Um, and if you, if all you did was like try to please other people with every part of your life, you'd be pleasing people twenty four seven, and that wouldn't be very healthy for you. So I think obviously we have to take some, um, you know, some good thinking to this as well. Um, but having this mindset of thinking about others um, more than ourselves, about serving one another, about loving one another, uh, he says, let each of you not only not only look to his own interests. Uh, but also to the interests of others. Care about other people, share with other people, love other people, spend your life with other people. Um, the message of Jesus and the message of the gospel is so relational, uh, that God has a relationship with us, and it's important for us to have a relationship with each other and and Paul's talking about having these relationships he 's talking about humility and if we continue to read um, through the next few verses, Paul actually tells us uh, about a model for humility, even in the midst of suffering and and throughout his entire life, which was Jesus. he says in verse number five um, he says, "In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus." "...who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant." There's that word again, servant. "...being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself." There's that word again. "...humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus' life was a model of humility. His death on the cross that saved us uh, from our sins and it made us new creatures Um, It's laying the groundwork for all Christian humility because in every way, we are not responsible for our salvation. God paid that price for us. Jesus paid that price for us. And that even causes us to humble ourselves and realize that everything that we have has been given to us by God his His work, his saving work on our behalf it, it fills us with um, this this idea, hopefully, if we 're exploring our relationship with Christ, that we want to love him, that we want to serve him, that we want to please him by doing the things he 's called us to do, and even that leads us to having a heart of humility and having that be a part of our life and so jesus 's life in every way and everything he did. When he was alive, he was a servant to people. He loved people, um, and, and he met people, and he served them. Even in his death, um, his death is he humbles himself. I um, mean, he is God. He's, he's the Son of God, the Son of the Father. And yet he humbles himself to take on human flesh and dies on the cross for us. I mean, that is, is humility, and everything about it screams humility. And so it makes us hopefully draw the attention to ourselves and think about our life and think about, um, you know, whether we have humility in our life or whether we are full of rivalry and conceit and pride and thinking about our own interests um, and caring about ourselves more than we care about other people. So, a question for you to consider tonight, you don't necessarily have to answer this one out loud, Um, (laughs) but the question is, do you find it difficult to put others first in your life and in your relationships? Um, Do you find it difficult? And a question I I would like some discussion on is, why is it so difficult for us? Because I think it is. I think it's our, our sinful, the sinful side of being human wants to make everything all about us and obviously the the new creature um Christ in us we know the way that that we should live but we have that tension that even Paul talked about you know the things that i want to do i don't do and the things i don't want to do i do we have that tension um going on inside of us and so i think it even if it's not in every relationship that we have i think in some relationships that we have uh with people and some encounters that we have um, at one point or another, we've experienced this difficulty to put others first, this difficulty to love others. Um, why is it so difficult? And so I think um, I, I wanted to highlight this earlier, and it, it skipped my mind uh, until now, so I'll highlight it now. Um, in Philippians, when Paul's talking, obviously Paul is talking to the church, and so he's talking about the way that relationships work in the church, and hopefully it's we've experienced that, that it, you know, we show love to somebody, and and we humble ourselves, and we serve somebody, and hopefully we have received that back, and that helps with that easy, uh, ease being easier to 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 be this way with people. Um, that said, just because Paul is talking about the church and the way relationships in the church function, uh, part of the reason that I wanted to do that whole big look at Scripture was uh, I think the principles of this go beyond just the internal relationships of the church. I think the principles of this go into every relationship of our life. I mean, when Jesus talks about loving our neighbor, he's not talking about loving the person sitting next to you on the pew. I mean, he is, but he's talking about more than that. Uh, and, and so, you know. What are some, some practical things that we can do or some practical steps we can take to help us um, humble ourselves and help us consider others' above ourselves. Because we can talk about all this stuff in theory, but when it comes down to actually applying it to our life and our relationships, um, I wanted to get a little practical with it and kind of force us to think about how we take this and, and put it into practice in our lives. What do you think? What are some practical steps that we can take to, to help us um, put others first in our life? Well, let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for the love that you have shown to us, God. We've talked about uh, agape love tonight that gives of itself. We've talked about um, humbling ourselves. We've talked about being a servant. And God, we know that uh, in you sending Jesus and in the life of Jesus, that all of those things were modeled for us in the greatest way that uh, we will ever know. We're so thankful for the life of Jesus and, and the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins that we could have a relationship with you, that we can have uh, hope for this life and hope for eternity. And uh, we're thankful, God, for your love and your grace. and just all of the blessings that you've given us. God, I pray that you would help us in all of our relationships to consider others first and to consider others before ourselves. God, I pray that the agape love that you have shown us, God, would be a regular part of our life, and who we are, that we would be people that would give of ourselves, that we would be people who are humble, that we would be people that look at at the needs around and we become a servant and see how we can meet those needs and how we can help uh, other people, especially those who don 't know you, uh, because we know that in our doing that we are showing them. Uh, in in a very real way, your love, and, and it opens up doors for conversation. And so I pray that you would just help us in all things, God, to live um, this type of lifestyle, God, that we would have um, these amazing relationships with people that are built on love and, and on service. And God, as we uh, do that in our life and and as we Uh, do that in the church and outside of the church. God, I pray that you just uh, bless our efforts, God, that we would be fruitful in having close relationships with people, that we'd be fruitful in bringing people to uh, salvation knowledge of you. And uh, God, we pray that you would just continue to work in a great way in our lives. God, we thank you again for all that you do. God, we love you and uh, we give you the praise and glory. And we ask this in your name tonight. Amen.